Hello everyone and welcome to All of the Above, the podcast where we couldn't decide exactly what we were going to talk about, so we just decided that we were going to talk about anything, everything, and all of the above. Um, This week I am here with the guru of groups himself, Aaron Markham. I, I roll roll my eyes at that. I feel like I'm trying to figure this out as I go and ask a lot of other people for help and just trying to dream and hopefully our groups can continue to be fruitful and beneficial for, for everyone. That's awesome. Um, so this week we are talking about community, community groups. Um, over the summer um, at Ridgewood Church, we've ta- kind of taken a hiatus, um, if you will, from community groups um, in lieu of dinner groups. Um, Aaron, if you want to take a minute and explain... Um, what dinner groups are, kind of what the, the impetus behind that was, and, and why did we initiate like a community group pause? Yeah, that, that's that's good, and that's a good question. So really, anything that's done and done well at this point in life or done well by me is probably just stolen from others. Um, so that's what we did this summer. Learned a couple of years ago about uh, Renewal Church in Anderson, which is a, a Pillar Network church partner doing dinner groups. Um, I think the Christ Fellowship Network, a few a few of their churches tried it, or at least Cherrydale did, and so we decided to go for it this summer. Essentially, the 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 reason, the goal for it is we we love our groups, we love our normal community groups that that meet uh, throughout the year and week to week, but with that comes knowing kind of just a certain pocket of people a little bit better or spending more time with a certain certain pocket of people which is good the the, the whole struggle of a of a church is is thinking about we want deep community and we want wide community and it's pretty easy to just fall into one or the other to try to do one or the other well um, I'm gonna really be deep that's gonna lend itself to being you know, the classic kind of derogatory term of it is cliquish. Um, I don't really know how you get away from a church not having pockets of people that are good friends. Um, I can't be friends with 167 other people or, you know, 168 or 166 if you, you know, don't count my wife in the in the membership. That That's just impossible. So it makes sense to be better friends with one, two, three, five, seven, you know, 15 people much as even we see with Jesus, there's kind of different groups of people and he has different kind of interactions with each group. So community groups kind of allow us to go deep, but then dinner groups allowed us to kind of get wide a little bit. So we, um, Trevor and I essentially did fantasy football draft of people who signed up for a dinner group and we matched people mostly based on who, who do we think probably doesn't know each other super well. Maybe they've hung out a couple times. Maybe they know each other's names. They're not in community group together. Uh, we don't necessarily see them hanging out. And let them have uh, two dinners to enjoy in one month. So we, the, the whole prospect was uh, everybody supplies something to the meal. There's going to be probably three or four families or you know couples, singles, um, in, in the group, and so everybody supplies something to the meal, and we did two meals for the purpose of being able to have um, kind of a consistent, uh, meaningful, you know, multi-hour hangout uh, happen twice in a, in a month so that we got to know people a little bit better, and the only reviews I've heard have been positive, people really enjoying connecting with like, oh yeah, I kind of knew that person a little bit. Um, but it was fun to share a meal and go more in depth. Um, I supplied a few questions just to talk around ministry or 
um, who we're sharing the gospel with, those types of things. So it was just a way to a way to connect with with people that were maybe not normally around. So we did that for June and July. I think the plan going forward will be to to try it again next year. We uh, we got a lot of positive feedback. So yeah, that's that was dinner groups, and now we're kind of kicking back off the regular gathering of our community groups, uh, kind of in August and September. That's awesome. I really enjoyed my dinner group. It was a it was a really good opportunity to meet. Um, People who I, I, I talked to before, um, I never really gotten an opportunity. To who was in your group? Um, the Diaz family, mm-hmm. um, the Trent family, Tyler Craig, and then Elisa. I love it. I love on. it. But it was a lot of fun. Um, so going into like community groups, what? How would you define community group? Like, what is a community group, and what makes it different from any other? Yeah. Collection I, of people. Yeah, I I am not. When I when I came to to Greer Station now Ridgewood, um, we were we called them community groups. I'm I'm really great. Everybody has a different name for them. Community groups, small groups is probably the most traditional name. Um, missional communities, you know what what there's there's lots of language, and then with that probably comes slightly different purposes for that group. Um, and again, I'm not really opposed. I, I'm I'm in favor of kind of all the purposes. It could be that. Hey, this group is kind of the the purpose of this group gathering is to invite new people in or to go hang out in places where non-believers are going to be. That that's really beneficial. Uh, it could be this is the place that we kind of welcome new people to the church into. It could be where we, we almost have closed groups and we just want to do discipleship. Just go go hard at discipleship. I'd be okay with that. Um, we are attempting to kind of get a little bit of taste of a couple of these while also um, tr- if you're doing everything, you're probably not really doing anything well. So trying to do um, a couple of things well. So we we gather um, as a smaller group of people. We call them community groups because we want community to be a, a vital part uh, of that. Um but we gather together, um, we spend time studying God's Word, uh, we spend time enjoying each other, and then we spend time, we, we break out the, the men and the women um, to hopefully be able to, to go a little bit deeper. So we, we, we take time, you know, hour and a half, two hours, um, generally every week, you know, we, if we're pausing kind of around Christmas and we're pausing in the summer, we're probably hitting about 35 to 40 weeks so that's you know maybe an hour and a half, two hours each, so about 70, 80 hours in the year to spend time with kind of a, a, a smaller group of people to get to know them, to enjoy community, to build relationships, to have the opportunity to practice forgiving each other when we wrong each other because the more we're around each other, the more we're going to um, you know, r- run into differences of opinion and um, we're going to say things incorrectly, and so it's an opportunity to, to practice um forgiving each other. I really kind of main two goals in our community group specifically. And again, totally fine if there's there's lots of different goals that can be met with a with a smaller group of people gathering. The first one is that we want to see people transformed into more mature disciples. So we hope in that we hope that happens through the study of your work, the God's word and then conversation with each other. So more mature disciples and then to foster relationships that bear burdens. Um, Burden-bearing relationship is kind of language we're going to see in the scriptures. We want to, uh, Romans 12 is 12, 14 is something that sticks out to me pretty consistently. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. 
Um, we want to rejoice at the sweet times in life. We want to weep at the at the difficult times. So we hope our community groups help us grow in our love for Jesus, grow in our discipleship, grow as disciples of Jesus, and then kind of the other side, we hope that it helps us bear burdens. That's great. So out of out of all the things like a church could devote its time to, like there are like we talk we talk often that there are a lot of good things that a church can do. Um, why? Why are community groups important? Mm. Like on that list, why are they? Why are they high on the list for our church? Yes, yes, that's that's a really helpful. Um, and again, it's 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 kind of like churches have existed for two thousand years, and they've been doing a lots of. There's been lots of different things tried, and so we're just seeking to do our best to to honor the Lord um, and to um, you know build build relationships in the context of the church. So. You know, I think some of our limitations just existing in ourselves is we do not have an unlimited capacity for relationships. Our our capacity for relationships is limited. Um, it is it is finite. Um, but I think there's something very very beautiful about being in covenant community, um, united together as one body, even if we're not best friends. Um, obviously the house church model will kind of push towards like, we've got to know everyone super intimately. Um, I think that, you know, in our culture and in our time and in our day, and, and we even see in the scripture, I think it's very much okay to, to gather with, you know, our church is 168 members to, to not have to be best friends with everyone, but to, you know, kind of generally care for everyone, pray for everyone, meet needs when, when needs to be needs, uh, are, are presented. So for us, community groups just present an opportunity to build relationships with people. Um, we love organic relationships. I love organic friendships. I love organic discipleship. All of that is super sweet and super beautiful. But sometimes structures can help um, meet uh, the, the, the need of, of community, the need of discipleship. So we have tried to create this structure recognizing there's lots of structures we could create, and many of those are great and have really great reasons to, to do them. We've just decided to kind of kind of plant our flag in in community groups because it allows some really important things to take place. It allows deeper study of God's word. It allows community to, to form. Um, and again, it may not be people's uh, we may not be best friends with everyone in our community group, but we're able to to rejoice with those who rejoice and mm. weep with those who weep with with a more specific mm-hmm. group of people. Um, so it it creates some opportunities there. So we we get to study God's word, we get uh, relationships, we get to just enjoy uh, the 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 benefit of of being together. So. I think that that that's part of the reason that we're we're doing it is it meets some really major needs in a organized way so that um, we can try to again grow as disciples and provide burden bearing relationships. Thinking those are two important things to provide. And again, I love organic. I love if those happen organically. But if if we only relied on kind of organic relationship in the context of our church, some people are probably going to be kind of easily um, kind of left out. 
And so we don't want that to happen. We All of our groups are open, different age groups, um, different people. Our groups naturally go towards certain cultures um, or certain you know structures based on who's, who's in them, who's leading them. Um, my, my group has lots of, you know, we, we've got tons of kids, three and four and under. Um, the Gilliam group, because they have more kind of grade schoolers going into middle schoolers, just with, with the Gilliam kids, um, there's there's more of the that kind of, you know, fourth to eighth grade range in, in their group, whereas we just don't have that in our group. And, and that's okay. I don't think there's anything anything wrong with it. And I think there's benefits to, to being with people who are in similar circumstances, but then there's also a lot of benefit to being in, with people who are in different circumstances. Singles being with marrieds, marrieds being with singles, widows, um, you know, older, younger, whoever. Um, we want to provide different different contexts for those relationships. I love what I love what you said earlier, I was, and and that's kind of what I was thinking along these lines. Is we talk all, like at, Dis- at discovering Ridgewood, we talk about covenant membership, how that really focuses, like one pastoral responsibility, like who are the pastors responsible bef- responsible for, but also like responsibility of the body, like who are we responsible for? That's really and good. that's defined by covenant membership. And I feel like community groups takes that another level down. Like, okay, I'm responsible for the covenant body at Ridgewood Church, and I'm even more so responsible for my community group. Mm-hmm. Um, so at least in, in, in my mind, it really helps solidify, okay, Scripture calls us to love, to forgive, to serve. Who do I do that for? Mm-hmm. It's I, I do that for Dylan and Merritt and... Um, Harrison and everyone else in my community group. It, it really solidifies and, and focuses what could be a very wide call. Exactly. And it can be very broad. It can be very general, um, which I think is also is also okay. Um, but I do think there's help kind of even historically. I think about somebody who, um, like John Wesley, both of us grew up in the United Methodist Church, um, which would have very, you know, we, we are not a part of the Methodist Church at this point in life, probably for, for a specific reason. Um, but kind of the whole idea of Methodism is is this method of discipleship. And I love John Wesley's kind of, I forget the exact language he uses, but essentially it's like groups of three, one, two, you know, groups of two and three, kind of real small groups to get to know each other and dive deep. Groups of like 12, um, 12 to 15 to kind of again, ha- have good context, have good community. Maybe you don't know each other quite as deeply as you would if you were just hanging out with like one or two others. And then kind of the church, the church at large. And I think that's, it's a helpful picture. It's again, kind of the picture of Jesus with, with kind of the three disciples, 12 disciples, and then the kind of the 70 and then the, and then obviously, you know, even more, more than that as, as ministry continues. Um, it's just helpful to have those kind of people that you're caring for, um, and, and pushing into. So moving into the, the community group launch, how, how, what are some things that, that we can, as community group leaders, as community group members, um, church members, how, what are some things we can do to do groups well? Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, we have a number of things that we talk about in discovering Ridgewood and then, you know, I've shared with our group leaders and then, you know, occasionally I'll share in our group. 
And a lot of this just necessitates us taking responsibility for other people, us taking this seriously, us really wanting to buy in, us really wanting to love each other. So I have, I think I have seven things listed. Some some we'll talk more about than than others. Um, the first one is is show up and be present each week. There's just nothing quite like consistent physical presence. Uh, it's beneficial both for us and your fellow group members. Week after week investment in the lives of of others leads to community forming. It also allows for for personal transformation. Our, our lives aren't going to change. It generally, obviously, spirit can kind of do whatever he wants to do. Generally, if we're not taking the time to invest in that life, in our life, changing or growing or forming community, um, we don't just do group one time. Just like anything else, you don't go to the gym one time and you're kind of good to go for you know the rest of time. We we have to go week after week. We have to invest. Um, it, it's we want it to be amazing. We want it to be life changing. We want it to be. God's word transforming us, but that's going to take that's going to take time. So there's something to just being with each other uh, week after week, being in each other's lives and being committed uh, to one another. The second one I would say is just expect the Lord to work. Um, we all show, you you every one of us shows up to every situation we're in with different expectations. You show up to your job with a certain expectation. The first day of your job, you show up with a certain expectation that's probably different than three years in. Uh, you have a little bit of nerves or a little bit of like, okay, I got to be on my, kind of my mind my P's and Q's, dress really well, you know, whatever, whatever the situation is. Um, if you know you're going to do a public speaking situation, um, you're going to show up kind of expecting something to take place. It's very different than oh, I'm going to go kind of sit and listen to somebody talk to me for, for 45 minutes about whatever. We just want to show up and we want to ask the Lord to work we want to expect the Lord to work, um, and we really want to have a sense of expectation that um, increases our engagement in in group. Uh, the third one would be engage hospitably. So we've we've loved um, Rosaria Butterfield's um, what is it? Gospel comes with a house key, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talk about strangers becoming neighbors and neighbors becoming part of the family of God. And so we have host who host our groups, but I'm in many ways I'm hoping that everyone in the group becomes hospitable uh, when um, you know the Diazes are in my group and they walk into my house. I hope that they will then be hospitable to other people that walk into my house. I hope they kind of own my house in our in our community group as a place for them to be hospitable and to be caring and to um, love others and to welcome people in. Um, and so we really want to set the culture of, of hospitality. Even if it's not your home, um, we, we want to welcome people in and, and be, kind of, be kind to people. I think number four, we want to show grace uh, to one another. We want to, again, forgive one another. We want to form relationships. We want to, um, in many ways, Christ has forgiven us, so we want to be able to uh, forgive others. Fifth, we want to uh, invest deeply, so we want to uh, really walk through the ups and the downs of of life uh, together. We want to sacrificially love each other. We want to take responsibility for each other, and really, kind of the the I'm always made fun of. I think in many ways, but I 
I, my background is math, so I try to come up with a little formula for, for how we see kind of personal transformation come about. And so we wrote down the scripture plus community plus time equals, which not always, but, but brings about personal transformation. So using the scripture, letting the scripture kind of change us, community, really investing deeply in that, knowing people and being known, and then time over time we will we will see personal transformation. So invest deeply. The last two are, are quick. Number six is just exhort one another, encourage one another towards Christ's likeness. And then number seven is just be flexible, recognizing kids, recognizing different schedules, all of the things that come is just be flexible. Um, be be willing to um, make adjustments and invest in in other people. So those are those are seven things that we love to encourage. I'll run through those again. Just show up and be present each week. Expect the Lord to work. Engage hospitably. Show grace to one another. Invest deeply. Exhort one another, and be flexible. What do you think, Jonathan? What do you think about those? I think those are those are super helpful, um, especially thinking through. I think a lot of times is like someone who, who is not like leading a community group. It's, it, it can be interesting. Like, okay, what is, what is my responsibility here? Um, like what, what role do I play? I'm not facilitating discussion. I'm, I'm not necessarily leading, um, in, in, in any sort of manner. Um, so what, what does that look like for me? And I think those are super helpful to really think through, okay, like I am responsible for, for this. I, I'm, I may not be, the community group leader, but I'm, I'm responsible for, for showing up and, and and jumping in. That's right. And in many ways, I I probably fail at this in, in many ways with my, with my own group, but you know, I, group leaders do set the tone, but the, the, the group is going to be as successful as the group members, Mm -hmm. um, participation. Um, we, we always want group leaders to, set a good tone and to invest well. But then when people are engaged, when they're actively listening, when they're um, paying attention, um, it's it's just like in preaching, honestly, as well. Um, in many ways, the hearers can feel like they play no part, but they feed the preacher. Um, if people are kind of sluggish, um, kind of nodding off, it's like, well, you know, clearly what I'm saying is not, is not doing anything is not that important. So, you know, maybe we just, maybe just wrap this bad boy up. But if, if people are engaged, like giving eye contact, wanting to be invested, asking good questions, providing good feedback, being open, generous, kind, kind of embodying the fruits of the spirit, I think groups can just be really, uh, really, really successful. And so everybody has a part to play in that. We talk about membership. It's both a privilege and a responsibility. I think it's the same in, in groups. It's a privilege to be able to be a part of, of a community that gets to gather together, um, but it's also a responsibility. With great community group comes great responsibility. <laughs> and that's great. That's right. I love that. <laughs> Spider-Man. Uh, and then one, one last like in, encouragement that I would just say for anybody listening who either is not plugged into a community group or getting plugged in, like just dive in head first. Like just jump right in. Um, I mean, I remember... We, we moved up and, and got plugged in with with the Harrison group um, and we they quickly became our community up here in Greenville and, and it was a very difficult time in our lives we had just lost our, our first child to, to miscarriage and I remember um, we needed that 
Um, and I mean, one of the like most poignant memories I have of our community group is like on our on the due date of uh, the child we lost, they gathered us around and prayed over us and and cried with us. And like that was the first time that that really anybody had done that with us. Um, and it was just super beautiful. It was super needed. It was super helpful. Um, so just dive in, like, like bear, like let people know what you're going through, like bear other people's burdens, like be all in for, for your community group. I think that's kind of the best way to, to do it. Yeah, that's really good. That's great encouragement. And I think even specifically in our groups, which different, um, situations present different opportunities, we're not just trying to transfer information or just do a Bible study, um, so we really want to study the Bible well, and we want it to impact our lives, and then we also want to do community well. So I think, you know, being willing to be open about even questions that we have about the Bible or questions that we have in life that are surrounding the text that we're studying or, or whatever it is, being able to yeah dive in, be open, invest deeply, um, it can really make her... I, I hear from group leaders often of, man, we've had this this new couple or the, the these two new people and and it's changed the dynamic of our group because they're super invested and they're asking questions and they're diving right in um and they're they're being open and so really the the group members have a an incredible opportunity to set a good culture in each group any final thoughts on community group no i think i i would just encourage people to invest in in community obviously at our church we want to um, seek to invest in in our specific uh, community groups. I um, would encourage you, yeah, to to dive in. Just as we have have talked, um, we uh, really want to be engaged with one another well. And I think I would encourage members of groups to really see themselves taking take ownership of your group. Um, send text message te- text messages. Invite people over you know, pray for people regularly, um, and really, really invest again, invest deeply, uh, care for one another. That's great. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on and, and talk through community groups. Um, I know this is a passion project. Yeah, yours. that's right. I, I've really enjoyed thinking about this and, and we're kind of constantly, it maybe doesn't even feel like it, but in the background we're, we're tinkering and we're thinking and we're planning and we're dreaming. I have written down tomorrow. I just have written down on my to-do list, community group dreaming, just to try to constantly think about where our group's placed, where our group's situated. Um, when do we need to multiply groups? Um, all of that kind of, all of that kind of stuff. So if you are a member of Ridgewood church can, would encourage you to, to also pray as we, um, seek to to do community well and then also see what opportunities you and I are recording in in our new building that we'll gather in you know what what new people are going to kind of come around us and then we need to start new community groups or or how we need to to think about things um let's continue to to do community well as a as a church body that's awesome well I I was going to close out today by um, asking who your favorite community group member was but I see we're running out of time so yeah and that's a that's a bad question anyway i I love my group super grateful for them Uh, we've been a group for a little over two years now started off on jitsi um good old no one even knows what that is does that even exist is that a real thing i don't know um but super grateful for for my group and and really all of our groups Uh, we have seven groups and um, 
yeah, super excited to see how the Lord continues to work in each of them. Well, great. Thank you for joining me this uh, morning, afternoon, whenever you're listening. Um, but I really appreciate your insight and just your heart for community groups and doing them well. Um, if you have any further questions about uh, community groups or how we do them at Ridgewood, um, or if you want to get plugged in with one of our existing community groups, uh, feel free to check out our website at ridgewoodgreer.com. Um, um, we'd love to hear from you, and we look forward to talking to you soon.